Hello boys, girls, and everyone in between, and welcome to my podcast. Unfortunately, my co-host could not attend today because they have a serious case of not existing. But alas, the show must go on. Now today we're going to be talking about something a little bit more on the heavy side, because we're going to be talking about social media and how it's affecting the election. Which, I don't really know how to put it, but it is, because, as you can see, Donald Trump and Joe Biden and any presidential candidate have been all over social media for God knows how long. So, let's start out with how it's influenced the past elections and why it has. So, a quote from Epidemic.com says, The evolution of social media, like Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, from platforms facilitating networks among friends to powerful political tools, has been a especially monumentous development. The political role of social media in American politics was established during the 2008 presidential election, around the time Obama was president. Democratic presidential candidate Barack Obama's social media strategy revolutionized campaigning, even though he altered the political structure. And I think that's pretty funny, because 2008, um, I believe 2008 at least, was one a time when the economy crashed, and people tried to blame Mr. Obama for it, which I think is kind of dumb, personally. Because I don't think the president has any power, well, at least I don't know, I don't think the president has any power over how banks and stocks work, so it's really the people's fault. But that's besides the point. So, what else? Uh, let's see here. Okay, so our next topic will be fake media, which <clears throat> somebody has done a lot of in the past four years. Okay. So, yeah, both Democrats and Republicans were able to distinguish, like, the actual news and spinoff from the hyperpartisan sources and all that. But, you know, fake news is still out there, which really sucks, because people are very easily influenced nowadays with how much technology has impacted our lives. And another thing is, it's, it's, it's everywhere. People will believe anything nowadays, and especially the older people who don't really know how to use technology very well, like people in their 50s, 60s, especially people in their 60s, who don't really know how to use technology very well, and they'll listen to anything. If it sounds good, they'll listen to anything, but most things on the internet are usually too good to be true, which really sucks, but we gotta live with it. So, hmm. according to a report last month um, that examined Americans' ability to recognize this information, researchers asked about 1,900 non-news experts from around the country to rank their trustworthiness of about 60 websites. Some were mainstream, like Fox and CNN and... Some were basically fictional, like The Onion and Occupancy. And most people, they really couldn't distinguish between the two. Um, and the people that could were usually in their 20s to 30s, early 20s, early 30s. Okay, let's see else. What else we got? Ah, yes. Alright, so television, which is a which was a monumental step in technology. Okay, so back when World War Two was still happening, which uh television was on the rise and this was probably one of the biggest like electronical 
devices just ever created in history, which I personally enjoy very much. But during World War II, when television came out, by 1953, there were over 52 million television sets sold. But when all these televisions were sold, politicians realized that they could pay to create their own adverts and try to sway people towards voting for them, which was a very smart and very educated decision, I guess you could say. But I don't really think they understood what they were doing, honestly. They were just sort of firing blindly and hoping, because not a lot of people were interested in politics back then, and if they were, they either leaned hard left or hard right, which the hard left and hard right have been completely changed in viewpoints ever since 1953, but I digress. So, jumping forward a couple, however many years, around 50, 70 years, how would it affect the current election? How would it affect the 2020 election or the 2016 election? Or how did it affect the 2016 election? This new socially distant era that we live in has made voting a bit of a challenge for most people. Candidates aren't knocking down our doors or anything, but the officials are bracing for a record surge in mail-in ballots. But another subtle shift is also occurring inside people's brains, actually. Four years after Russia's expansive influence operation, which touched the feeds of more than 100 million people on Facebook alone, Americans' uses of social media has only increased ever since the quarantine took place, and drastically as a result. More people are online right now than any point in human history, and experts say that the internet has gotten only more flooded since 2016 with misinformation and fake news. The content shared about candidates on social media is highly valuable with campaigns in this cycle. And information on voter preferences, what issues they're influencing, excuse me, what issues are influencing their decisions, and even geographic information could be extracted from these posts, which is a big deal for a lot of candidates because they could use all this information, and if they know a certain state leans hard left or hard right, they could, and if they lean hard left or hard right, they could go to that state and they could advertise more in that state, causing more people to vote for them. Which could be good for some people, could be bad for others, but it really just depends. And honestly, in the future, future elections, social media is only going to grow. It's only going to expand and grow and grow until all of us are just hooked into our brains with Elon Musk's neural chip link, or whatever the hell it's called. But it's only just going to get bigger and worse and more and misinformation from here. So, what could we do to protect ourselves from all this misinformation? Shut... I am trying to record a podcast. So, what could we do to protect ourselves from all this misinformation and all of this, like, bullcrap that's going on the internet and all this fake news? Well, the first thing, which is pretty simple, you could just start doing research. Just don't believe everything you read. If you see something and you think it's too good to be true, maybe just Google it, you know? Maybe just, like, you know, Bing it, Google it. Some people even use Yahoo still, but that's only, like, people who are, you know, thousands. But, I mean, yeah, it's not that hard to just drop something in a search bar, copy-paste it. It isn't really that difficult. I mean, there's really not much else you could do besides research at this point. You can't just believe everything you read, because if you do, you'll end up, like, you'll end up an ass like me which is kind of dumb, 
but I mean, hey, it's true. I'm not gonna sit here and lie about myself. But I mean, it's really, it's really just, we need the population to be less dense. We need the population to understand that not everything is going to be hand-fed to us, and we have to actually go out there and make the change ourselves, and sort of, I don't want to say persuade politicians, but we need to take a stand, and we need to sort of show the government that we are the ones in charge, we are the ones who cast the ballots and make the votes, and we are the ones who vote the new laws in. But, I digress. So that's all I have for today. Unfortunately, again, my co-host could not make it because they don't exist. But I hope you learned a few things, and I hope that I get a 100 on this presentation. But, as always, thanks very much for listening, and as always, bye for now. And as always, stay beautiful, stay healthy, stay happy.